You're listening to Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time. Welcome back to Fathoms and Enneagram Podcast. My name is Creek, and we have Seth Abram, and we have a guest co-host today, Lindsay Marks. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Excited to doing be here. Doing great. Uh, well, tell us, uh, g- give us five words that describe you so our listeners know <laughs> Ooh, <I laughs> who like they're dealing this one. with. Eager, <laughs> bubbly, kind, musical, and motherly. And, and anyone and, out uh, there had to guess your number, I, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> we got another heart type on the call, y'all. Um, this is great. This is really great. Drew has a has a meeting, um, which is unfortunate. But today we're super excited to have Lindsay on. She lives in uh, Michigan, has been a friend of mine, and we've done some things together. So, uh, Lindsay, yes. you're certified in Motions of the Soul, is that Correct. Correct. Can you give us a quick explanation of what that is? Yeah, so this particular um, approach to Enneagram uses the lens of harmony triads and blends that with Ignatian spiritual practices. So mm. it's taking that that world of Christian disciplinary practices and contemplative practices, applying it to the Enneagram and giving people a way forward after they know their dominant style. That sounds That's awesome. Super interesting. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, actually, mm. my Enneagram teacher um, endorsed Drew's book. Oh. Oh, right. Uh, what's her name? Claire Lowridge. So I was certified through her. Awesome. And just kind of a fun coincidence there. That's really great. Uh, well, thanks again, Lindsay, for hopping on. Let's hop over to our... We're just doing so much hopping. Hopping. Um, <laughs> we hopping, hopping so much. It's Easter weekend, <laughs> so... Yeah. Hey, it is Easter weekend uh, at the time of this recording. So, um, yes, let's hop on over to this Q&A episode with our dear friend, Annie Downs. Well, greetings. Uh, howdy. Hello. Welcome back to Fathoms and Enneagram Podcast. Uh, today is another Fathom 15 where we chat about 15 minutes, though I'm expecting this one to be longer than that today because of a very specific reason. But uh, lately for our Fathom 15s, you know, we've had our, our guests on to actually ask us questions. And today I'm extra excited because, excited because we have our good friend Annie Downs on. Annie, welcome. Hi, friends. I'm so happy to be here. Is it going to go longer than 15 minutes because you think I talk too much? <laughs> No, no. That feels very personal, Seth. And not wrong, but personal. The conversation is just going to be so exhilarating Mm -hmm. that there's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm certain that's what you meant. <laughs> uh, Annie, is this is this your uh, your first podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teach me your ways, freak. Tell yeah, me how. Okay, all right. Tell me how. Yeah. So we do editing afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Like, you don't have to worry about anything. Great. Um, Great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, no, I was better. gonna. I was going to name that this is kind of fun that the tables have turned. Yeah, right. no kidding. Because usually yeah. I get to interview y'all and now the tables have turned, except I still have to ask the questions. Actually, so, <laughs> yeah. have the tables turned really? That's my first uh, question. It's a different kind of table you're sitting at. How's ah, that? Ooh, that's very mm. nice um, of you. Very nice of you. <laughs> anyway, uh, real briefly, I just want to 
introduce our listeners to you, even though most of them probably know who you are. So could you could you give us just where you are, where you're located on the, in the world, and uh, what you do, and maybe just a fun, interesting fact about yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name is Annie F. Downs. We have to talk about the F because there's another Annie <laughs> Downs who's a very famous quilter, and it oh. really messes up. Yes. Do you not know that, Seth? No, I didn't know that's yes. why. Okay. She's a famous, famous Australian quilter. quilt designer. Um, I would not make that up. I wouldn't know how to make that up. I'm not that creative. Um, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I was born in Georgia, but I've been here for about 13 years. I write books. I travel and speak when we travel and speak at conferences, events, and churches. And I have a podcast called That Sounds Fun. And actually also have a podcast network called That Sounds Fun, where we help other shows launch out into the world that we think uh, are audience would enjoy. And so that's that's kind of the four legs to the stool. And the interesting fact, haven't done this since youth group. Uh, <laughs> the interesting fact is, I mean, everybody knows I'm a, I identify as a seven. So that's not that interesting. Yeah. Is it? I mean, I like I'm a seven. I'm such a seven. It works. It works for you. I it mean, works to see this in any first podcast. conversation, I was like, hi, I'm going to know everything about you at this dinner. So, <laughs> I mean, I seven so hard on you that day. That was, how many years ago was that? Uh, we, it was, we did a whole dinner in Michigan. Yeah, 17, 16 or 17. Do you remember, Seth? When did we go to wow, Michigan? 16 or 17? I don't, I mean, my, man. I think it's all I don't know 17. if Athens was born. I think, I think it's all 17 because uh, the reason, the mutual friend we all knew started, te- Jason started teaching at Crosspoint in fall of 16 because that's when our pastor left. So uh, it must have been the year after that because we were right, there yeah. in the fall. Right. Fall yeah, that of makes sense. 17. Nice. Good times, y'all. We've so, been friends a long time. I like it. <laughs> so, um, you know, as, as I said, we've been having guests on to ask us Fathom folks uh, questions. So do you happen to have uh, any questions that you would like to ask about the Enneagram or your type or any any life situation? Advice? Are you all just passing out advice? <laughs> yes, uh, yes. My first question is, who's Lindsay? Well, Lindsay is someone who's really excited to meet you. <laughs> Thank you. It feels <laughs> beautiful. Um, I have to tell you this funny story because, so I'm a music teacher is my, my day job, I'm a music teacher. And so I had to move a couple appointments around today and I said, I'm going to, you know, get to meet Annie Downs. And, and so the mom of one of my students was like, well, I just Googled her and it says loud laugher. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing she learned. So (laughs) I don't think that that's really like a horrible top result for Google, honestly. No, <laughs> no it's very but, true. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a friend of, of Creeks and um, we've done some work with music and Enneagram together. And so um, he just invited me to sit in with y'all today. Beautiful. Good. Okay, yes. great. That's that's all. I, that was my only question. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay. So here's my first question that may take up the whole time or may not. Mm-hmm. Right. I find myself as a person mm-hmm. who identifies as a seven, my eight wing is really strong. For example, I believe that people who work with me would not know I was much of a seven. Now, I don't go to my unhealthy one all that often, but I make fast... I mean, all sevens make fast decisions, but I make fast work decisions. I I lean heavy on that wing. I get, I think my question in my life is... When I'm trying to relate to other numbers, whether it's, I'm thinking I have a female nine and a male nine that are both really up close in my life. 
I find myself struggling with how to communicate with them because I can be as direct as an eight, but they're expecting a seven. Hmm. And so your question is, how yep. how do you better relate to yeah, uh, other do, numbers? Yeah, yeah. How do I better, okay. how can I be a better friend? How can I, I mean, Creek, I want to like warn people sometimes of like, you think I'm here to have fun and I'm here to tell you I really disagree with you. You know, like I'm not afraid of that. Like I w have been historically in my life is I would have been five, 10 years ago. Uh, my mm. eightness is so much stronger in behavior than my sevenness. Mm. And so I, yeah. I worry in relationship that it is leading people to believe that my communication is going to be different than it is or that I'm, I'm more afraid of pain. They just, like, oh, sevens are afraid of pain, so they don't want to have a hard conversation. I'm like, oh, no, I, that's what I'm here for. Right? So I guess my yeah. question is, talk to me about communicating with other numbers based on your own strengths, even if your own strengths don't quite match your number? So if I could take a, a quick stab at this to start off with, <clears throat> I think that's a great question, Annie. Is this regarding primarily uh, relationships at work? No, I Did actually think, yes, I actually, uh, it can be any of them, Seth. I mean, you, you, you're up close in my life. Y'all, you and Sarah and I can talk about this, but it's so it's, I think work people kind of have that expectation now, but in the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. I don't know that people are expecting me to be like on social media or in dating or in friendship. I don't know that people are expecting me to be as direct as I am because they think of all the things they think about a seven. Mm. I brought a hard question. Yeah, no. So yes, I would say, I would say um, one thing about the wings, I don't see a lot of value in uh, thinking of the wings as just additional behavior. Because a lot of people uh -huh. think, a lot of people try and, figure out what their dominant type is by bringing in more, if they don't like see all the seven description in their life, well, uh, I got to figure out, well, let's just bring maybe the six. Oh yeah, six behavior helps me make sense of why I'm a seven. And that's just using the the wings um, as additional be behavior. And that's like taking, I heard this actually recently on a, on a different podcast, but kind of thinking of the wing and the, the, the type is a subtype in and of itself. When that's not a subtype, that's a uh, just additional behavior, but that's a misunderstanding of, I think, what the wings are. Wings are, in my opinion, w more of what Oscar Achazo, this this guy that is the father of the modern personality, or Enneagram personality, who said that um, type can be thought of as being created by the tension of the polarity of the wings. So it's like two magnets that are pushing against each other that form this type. And so if, yeah. here's, so here's two things that I had in my head when you were asking this question, is if people are, are expecting sevenness to come from you and this strong eight wing is what is actually coming out. First off, that would me to me, that would mean, well, you've got another wing that you can have a lot of, that's where your balance is. Your, your six wing would be how, so, I mean, this is all about your capacity to know this is how you tend to go into relational situations. So, you know, if I can be present in this moment with these people, I can remember what would a six do? How can I bring in sixness here? Warmness and friendliness rather than this just straight up intensity because you've got a seven and an eight. Maybe you mix that together. It's like, boom, here I yes. am, you know? <laughs> but maybe I'm labeling it. Maybe me saying that my eight behaviors are strong. Am I labeling that wrong, Seth? Is there another way you would say what that experience of me is? No, I mean, it is directness. It's intensity. And that's a good thing, obviously, around certain numbers you don't, who might not be up for that all the time. It can feel like a lot. But that's what I'm saying. Going into knowing maybe this is your tendency with other people, 
how can you practice bringing in some six behavior mm. um, before you go in? But also the other thing I was thinking was, I'm pretty sure you your your dominant uh, instinct is sexual, right? Yeah, and I think that's also another way of the intensity that you're going to be mm-hmm. bringing. Ah, and so and, and, and as well as you know the why why I'm saying this is because you can see the intensity of your your type. Um, more acting out when you are in your sexual instinct, when you're really trying to get so intensely close with another person. So in me, for me, that would mean oh. getting into your body, grounding yourself, because tight patterns show up when you're overdoing your dominant instinct. So getting into your body, grounding yourself, yeah. breathing, just coming into the sensation of your physicality, <laughs> that will help you like not be so reactive in the style of your type or yeah. your wing. Yeah, that feels true. That feels true. Abram, what you said there at the end about kind of shifting out of that that aggressive sort of thinking space is helpful too. And in the background that I come from with the harmony triads, you know, that's what lifts there for me too, is sharing a triad with a one and a four, you know, the four there offers you that heart space of being able to see, say, like, am I really showing up authentically here? Am I maybe a little too concerned about what this person is expecting of me and and posing and projecting onto me? And can I just find that safe space of authenticity in my own heart and be okay with that, you know? And then moving to to the one, exactly like Abram said about being in your body and just kind of finding, finding that grounded space. Like I am here, this is the reality of the situation and kind of what, what that person is expecting from you sort of um, having some objective disconnection from that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of letting letting that be theirs to own. When you talk about the harmony triad being with one and four, honestly, those are the two numbers I jive with the least. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Hi. Why is that? <laughs> I love you so hard. You know this. Oh, I know. I know, I know, I do. But in general, those are those are really the two numbers that. What does that mean, Lindsay? Why are those? Why, if I'm in a triad with them, why are they the two numbers that I connect with least? That's a great question. I've actually seen it go both ways. I've seen people, um, like couples or family members, be in the same triad together, and it it just blends so well, and they are in such harmony together. And then I've seen the rough edges really grind on each other. So I have two family members that that are in a harmony triad, a one and a four, and they have this beautiful connected relationship and they also absolutely drive each other crazy. And so I do think that there's so much opportunity for self-awareness and transformation there. And those are really the spaces to lean in. If you're using the Enneagram for transformation, you probably want to like pay attention to those numbers that are really rubbing you the wrong way because there's probably some some growth there. If I could just add uh, briefly, the four isn't like your direct resource point, your main line. If you look at the, if you're using the symbol, right? But the one is, and one thing that I've found that's really helpful to understand the lines with is that uh, this is an idea from Claudio Naranjo who said that the lines hold a different kind of opposite to your dominant type. And so when you've compulsively overdone your type strategy, 
it's like a rubber band snapping back for tension. So there's an opposite in the one for you in that it's self-disciplined and responsible, while the seven can tend to be undisciplined and self-indulgent, right? Which is right. the opposite mm-hmm. for the seven. So that's why, to me, that you would be reactive towards oneness. But you can also find, you can make sense of that in like, well, was your parent, either one of your parents a one or a four? Was there stuff about that that told you as a seven, you're going to be trapped or you can't Ooh, be free? Yeah. Which one of those mm-hmm. tell you that? Yeah, I mean, the, the the statement behind your question I'm hearing is that there's a particular image or perception you want people to engage with, and you find that your natural engaging seems to be deterring how you want them to view you. Is that does that at all ring true? That yeah, what rings? It, yes, and yeah. probably what I think is people expect this. I don't have the energy to be that. Here's who I actually am. They aren't expecting me to be like this. Mm-hmm. Like wild, funny, hilarious Annie that can show up when I'm on a stage or show up when I need to or when I'm not working and it's fine. Like even this weekend, y'all, someone wanted to eat di- wanted to have dinner on Sunday and talk about a work project. And I literally said, I can eat dinner on Monday. Mm-hmm. I can't do it Sunday night. Like I won't be who yeah. you need me to be on Sunday night if you're pitching something to me. And so we moved to Monday mm-hmm. and it was fine. But but my problem, Creek, is the is exactly what you said of their expectation is I, I'm constantly feel like people's expectations are not going to be met in my sevenness. Mm. Yeah. And that and that is disconcerting to you because uh because then I leave a wake of disappointed people. Mm. Yeah. And people are my job. Yeah. So so not only do you need to create excitement and pleasure for yourself, but you hate that you could potentially cause displeasure for other people. Right. And they seem to, in uh, those two seem to butt up against each other all the time because the way I actually create pleasure for me is being honest and forward. And yeah. the expectation is that I will be gentle and soft. And I'm not. Mm. And the more I grow, Lindsay, you may feel some of this, but the more I grow into being a grown woman who isn't told who she's supposed to be by the evangelical church, the less soft I want to be. Mm. Mm. Not soft and unkind, but just the like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. Great. Mm -hmm. I haven't wanted to do that ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It sounds like, it sounds like to me that there's a desire to just be all of who you are rather than very narrow, specific uh, ex- expectations that are put on you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being all of who we are is usually too much for somebody. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. I'm already, how- I mean, I'm already thinking about people listening to this and being like, Annie is not as nice as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that to me, to me, that is a sign of becoming more of who you are, letting down parts of you that used to work for you. So to right. me, it's like a sign of... of maturation and integration and, and, and healthiness and other people aren't up for that. I, I who is it? Uh, the, I'm going to botch this. So we might want to cut this out. Hopefully I get it right. <laughs> then. Uh, it's the holistic psychologist on Instagram that says, Oh, something about when you're doing your work, your parents' immaturity is what's going to come out because, oh, because wow. of the family systems that have been in place that you're no longer adhering to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and I think that works also in the the group in the, any groups that you've been with, you know, like Annie's changing. We're not okay with that. This is how Annie operates in our group setting, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. going to be disruptive, but that's what happens when you're growing. Right. 
I'm thinking, I'm thinking two things too, if I could say them quickly. This is, seems like really, really tender for you, Annie. I know, I'm and crying. I'm, Dear everyone listening, <laughs> I am crying. Yeah, I, I just want to say as an Enneagram practitioner, someone who leads workshops and, and coaches people in this tool, I think I may have contributed to this inflation and expectation of the seven. So I think there's a learning opportunity here for us to just be tender towards sevens and say like, wow, when I, when I teach that style, I'm like, and we're at sevens. Yeah. The life of the party, like hit, hit play, you know, on the, <laughs> on the jukebox. You know, party soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we always for. do carry jukeboxes. That is a um, seven quality. Naturally. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm noticing, and I'm so appreciative of your, your honesty here, because this is an opportunity for me to honor you and people who bear the weight of like, everyone is expecting me to be on all the time and I'm just not. So can we give the sevens around us and all the the sevens out there, the grace to be who they are, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Like on some level, it's you got, you, you assertive types have such large energy. You're a car with a very large engine that can go really, really fast but you're going to run out of gas really, really fast too. Right. And the further we push those cars to do the things that we want them to do, the, it's just going to break down further and further until there's just nothing. They can't move. Yeah. And and that's and then depression will set in in a way that uh, doesn't look like depression, in a, in a lot of in a lot of ways. Yes. That's why there is a, a natural intelligence to the seven. Why there's a, co- a connection point to a five. If there wasn't, a seven wouldn't be able, the brain wouldn't be able to manage all that information all the time. You have to have some like access to retreating, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Objectivity. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't often, I don't know a lot of sevens who make time for that Mm. because we make Mm -hmm. the next big decision and the next, and, and, and we're making big decisions really fast. And then, on one, so on one hand, we're making the decision. On the other hand, we're cleaning up every third decision that probably shouldn't have been made so fast. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're okay. Go, go, go. Oh shoot. Okay. Oh, keep going. Uh, we over here. We got to clean that up, but we got to keep going. You know. So, mm-hmm. so it it takes it has taken a lot of growth in me to choose my five to go toward five and health and to go like, okay, what if we made this decision slow? And what if this wasn't, what if today was just quiet or slow or, you know, mm-hmm. so, but again, my, I have so, I feel like Seth, uh, Abram, I may be wrong about this, but based on what you were saying about wings, I feel like I have so much eight in me that when people describe sevens and eights, I recognize my tendencies and my motivations are very seven, but so often I don't act like a seven. I'm not irresponsible. I don't, I don't like, I have a calendar that is locked in minute to minute. I yeah. know I you know and so I don't like looking at my bank account so that's 70 but you know there's like a lot of a lot of the like I look at some other sevens who are like I don't know what I'm doing next 20 minutes <laughs> what do you want to do and I'm like I know what I'm doing until July and it's yeah. March mm-hmm. and so I just I I I feel so disconnected in my body sometimes in relationship mm. because I don't know who the person on the other yeah I know I think I know what the other person is expecting. I am 
not sure how to be who they're expecting me to be because it isn't, it does run my gas out of my car so much quicker, Creek, when I'm sevening mm-hmm. than when I'm just like eight, go make a decision. Fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that eight energy, I mean, it, though it does become rather efficient in getting things done, they talk about how eights tend to view people as objects that need to get out of the way. Right. And it's, it, it is coming back to seeing, actually becoming embodied and seeing the person in front of you and, and knowing where your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. And that I can't, just because I have free time does not mean I'm available. <laughs> oh, will you just tattoo that onto my body? <laughs> because that is, I need to say that every day. Just because I have free time does mm-hmm. not mean I'm available. Because I, I do not live that sentence very well. Yeah, I was just talking with some people last night where when people, I'm not nearly as busy as you, but when people ask me, hey, can you do X I'm, or something, I'm just like, I'm, I'm flexible. I'm never free. Mm. Because uh, free means that you get access to me whenever you want. Flexible means I still get to control my boundaries yeah. and what I'm able to do and what I'm not able to do. Yeah. Just dropping the nuggets. I mean, (laughs) all three of y'all are. I do think sevens have a a hidden um, scarcity mindset where on the surface, it looks like they have an abundance mindset, but it's fueled it's a, it's fueled out of scarcity that I'm that I'm going to be trapped that I don't I'm not going to have enough that I'm not going to be safe that I won't have mm-hmm. enough energy, some of that fiveness coming up to seven, and and so it's like a it's a constant turning away, making sure I'm not trapped I'm not trapped like constantly on a swivel, making sure no one has their claws in me, and that's exhausting. If you're yes. waking up every day on a swivel, and with with heart pounding trying to make sure you're free that that that's a tough way to live annie yeah that's really hard yeah can i say one more thought that just came up <laughs> sure yeah. um you know because of our type we tend to create a world that helps our our type needs get met you know sevens content you have you've created a a monstrosity of a business, right? And that means you got to be on all the time. And so it, it, I'm assuming your your life is quite busy. But if you don't ever get to slow down, to me, this is this is where the eight's going to be coming out when you want to slow down. I need to not be busy right now when I'm angry because I'm still yeah. going. I'm right. still going. Let me stop. Mm. But if we've created a world that doesn't let us stop, then we've got to do the additional hard work of of asking people to let them help you find an interior freedom. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if the external world feels like external freedom, if I can keep doing more and more, that feels like you're free because you're doing more and more and you're on to the next, on to the next. But you won't be able to sustain that if you don't have some practice of internal freedom, some interior level of mm-hmm. like, That's I can go inward and I can find peace and I don't mm-hmm. have to do anything else out here because this yeah. is where my I am enough and I am satisfied. Because the external world that you've created as seven will feel like I'm getting satisfied by the next thing in the busyness. But obviously, it's it's just hollowing you out, actually. Yeah. 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 Possibly. Well, that <laughs> possibly <laughs> rings true, yes. Yeah, did, that, did that eight piece, like did the anger and like just the intensity 
Like, oh, did that make sense? Did that ring yes. at all? I mean, I, I just heard a leader say, don't delegate when you're tired, delegate, delegate when you're rested. Because when mm-hmm. you delegate when you're tired, you actually give away the wrong things. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. registered really true to me of like, man, that that is how I feel, Seth. When I because it's this combination of like, I feel trapped in this thing that I've built and I'm mad that I don't get to rest. Yeah. And that would make mm-hmm. sense. You've got access to the eight. Yeah. Right. Let's, yeah. Let's, right. And yeah. I mean, I, sometimes I joke that if I wasn't so publicly a seven, I'm sure I'm an eight. Except when y'all talk about the motivations of a seven and the feeling trapped, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a seven. I for sure identify mm. most as a seven. But I, but Creek, I do think my the thing you said where people just seem to be in the way. I notice mm. when my employees feel that for me, yeah. where they go like, I don't think you see me. I think you're just trying to bulldoze to the next thing. I mean, I've had them say things yeah. like that, and which is which I'm pr- grateful for and proud of them for not letting just sitting in pain. You know, but saying to me, yeah. here's our experience of you right now as you're leading. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, this is all yeah. very helpful. And I certainly didn't plan to cry. <laughs> <laughs> well done to all three of you. Okay, guys, uh, listen, let me lighten us up for just one second. Because here's the real important question. I led all that to bring you here. I <laughs> okay. identify most as a seven. We can tell I have some eightness going on. What number should I be dating? Go. <laughs> <laughs> Do I give you options? Do I tell you the oh options in the story right now? Or no, who's who's my right match? Go, just give me numbers. Go. Oh um, boy. <clears throat> so, you know, that's not really how this works, but <laughs> but I will tell yeah, you I something fun way to go. Something that I find is helpful because I've experienced the, the the disruption of it not being the same for me. So, Sarah and I, my wife, we have different uh, dominant instincts. And your instinct is more dominant and more unconscious than your type is because your type shows up when you're over-identified with your dominant instinct. Anyway, the point is, is, is it's, it's often said your instincts are, your relationships are way more about your, your instincts than your, your type is because these are, this is your, this is your like primary thing you're after in the world and you get it in your seven way. Um, so I would say if you can do it this way, look for somebody who also has a dominant sexual instinct because the sevens uh, way is like, there's usually a high idealization of intimate relationships that rarely live up to your ideal. That's usually, that's kind of a a way of the, the trap for the seven is idealization and it's going to be about relationships. Now I have a high expectation that isn't usually met, but if you can find somebody uh, that their world is also similar to yours, like let's do this. And on we're not we're on camera here, but I'm just like zoning into just Annie. Then I bet that would be easier than somebody that cares more about self-preservation things, and that's their world, or social things that are that's that's their, their world. You know, that's what I would I would okay. say to that. Good start. That's good. Creek Lindsay, drop some numbers for me. Any number who has a therapist that they see regularly. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's it. Amen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's so hard because like you. Yes, you could That's be. That's not with, harder than my first question, Creek. Yeah, no, it's fair. Um, <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, the person who's doing the most work, and mm-hmm. the person that is the most adaptable. Mm-hmm. I think the people can be really great in in certain subsets of relationships or different situations that they're great at, um, like you. For you, being in the public eye probably comes easier than for somebody else. 
right? But mm-hmm. in that same, in a different situation, you could be like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So finding that person that is adaptable, that knows where their weaknesses are, knows where they're strong, where they're weak, and knowing how to actually um, adapt to those situations and not change who they are, but be able to read the room and know mm-hmm. who they're speaking to and what they're speaking about in order to be with someone like yourself that is in the public eye. Mm-hmm. And that, that you, you have to shift who you are on some level. That's not not being who you are. That's right. But it is, here's 5% of me for this person. Here's 10% of me from, of me from this person. Mm-hmm. And, and those 5 and 10% is different parts of you. There's like, there's the fun Annie. There's the driven Annie. There's the relaxing Annie. There's the, I mean, there's lots of Annie's. Yeah. And I think people get suspicious about that because it's it becomes about, well, I'm not being fully my authentic self. And it's like, no, you're just having proper boundaries. Yes, this is this is just this is just how it goes. Awesome, you guys. I mean, no one really gave me an answer, but you gave (laughs) me answers. I I will say, I was in a workshop uh, with Joey Shuey a couple of weekends ago, and this question actually came up. And her response, I thought, was really interesting because I have heard this question a lot before, and the answer is usually, you know, somebody who's doing the work, like somebody who is willing to be honest with themselves and self-aware. But what Joey had to offer was to to look at who you share a line with. So mm-hmm. um, she said that that's because there is sort of a natural pull towards those numbers. And so that uh, from her perspective, Joey was saying that a lot of things are going to fit very naturally and feel very comfortable naturally because you share a line with them. And so mm. I'll just offer that here because hey, she offered that to me recently. Very good. Yeah. They'll help That's you get there. The They'll help you get there too when you need to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, this is very helpful all around. Thank you for having Wonderful. me on. Thank you so much for hopping on. Annie, you're amazing. This was awesome. Sorry, I cried. So annoying. Oh, I, love, I love it. I love it. I'm a two. I, was, I, didn't right, even, right. I didn't even see it. I didn't even notice. I don't know if it's like, but she was just like, even through the camera, she sensed. With her <laughs> yes. Emotions, Emotions are happening. Uh, it happens. Awesome. Being a Great. loud woman in Christianity is not for the faint at heart. Mm. Yes. Oh, and I wanted to say Jeez. say one more thing to you in my, because you brought up evangelical Christianity. I wanted to say, yeah. When people start becoming disillusioned with you, it sets you free. That's good. It really Mm. does. It's painful for me as a dependent stanced person, as a connective type on the Enneagram. It is painful, but it has brought me so much freedom. And even speaking in harmony triads, like as a two, you know, and also I, I share a line with with eight anyways. Um, but in harmony triads, moving to that eight gives me a disconnect from caring so much what people think about me. It helps me find my voice. And, um, we need women who have found their voice and are, are, are ready to really show up as their, their true selves. And so I, it's, it's painful, but I have experienced such freedom. And I know that I know that that's there for you too. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. 
If you found this episode helpful in any way, consider sharing it with a friend or family member. We are so honored to be on this journey with you, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time.